People who teach inspire people to action. And for that matter, people who sell inspire people to action. Have you ever thought about that definition for selling? As a paid influencer, you are compensated to inspire people to action. I love that definition of selling. You see, otherwise, what's the point? If your customers, your clients, your colleagues, your constituents don't somehow use what they gain from you, well, to benefit them either by improving their skills, their knowledge, or improving their current condition, well, then you're just spouting a bunch of hot air. You see, an engaged audience is a growing audience. And the benefit and value of you learning how to promote participation among audience members, well, it can be summarized in one word, and that is impact. You see, as a instructor, a sales representative, a consultant, you ignite a change that creates an impact that lasts long after your presentation is over. And in this lesson, you are going to learn how to inspire people to action, how to promote participation, and literally move people in a way like you have never done before. And when you do, you will be well on your way to becoming one dynamic, engaging, and somewhat entertaining presenter that people will remember, they'll trust, and yes, they'll buy from. Online presentations offer both opportunity and challenge for both presenter and audience. Preparation and planning on the part of the facilitator or instructor, that's you, can significantly minimize a negative audience experience. So in this lesson, you'll discover how to engage your audience. We'll talk about why participants check out what are all of the distractions that just make it so darn difficult to pay attention during online meetings? We'll also discuss when to promote participation. You see, as a facilitator, if you know when you're starting to lose your audience and then know how to bring them back, you will keep your audience engaged, involved, and inspired. And finally, we are going to share all kinds of fun and fantastic ways to actively involve your audience in your presentations. So are you ready? Let's get started. There are four primary challenges capturing and keeping audience attention throughout a presentation. So let's check them out now. Challenge number one is that the length of the adult attention span is shorter than it's ever been. The latest research conducted by Lloyd's Bank discovered that the average adult attention span has plummeted from 12 minutes only a decade ago to now a whopping five minutes. That means that you have five minutes to capture your audience's attention, make your point, or you've lost them. Now, the next challenge is that the majority of attendees during your presentation are actively disengaged or are multitasking during virtual meetings. And everyone knows that multitasking is a myth. Our brains just aren't wired to do two things at once well. So think about it. Your presentation is in direct competition with a variety of distractions from emails to video games to snacking. Think about it. 
When was the last time that you attended an online meeting with zero distractions? Challenge number three is identifying audience engagement or knowing if they're paying attention is much more difficult to recognize or to measure online than it is in person. Well, it's easy to see that a student is nodding off or not paying attention in a live classroom right in front of you, but online, not so much. And last, challenge number four, most instructors don't teach. They provide information and information doesn't inspire action. If your audience isn't inspired to take some action to think, do, or learn, well then nothing changes. Not for them and not for the very reasons that you are conducting your presentation to begin with. Most presenters provide information, not instruction, and instruction is what causes your audience to learn and take action. You know, when I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher, Tiki Marchetti. That's her real name. Honestly, it is. It was her very first year of teaching, and she wanted to take on the status quo and mix things up with her unique teaching philosophy, and it was learning by doing. Miss Marchetti taught every lesson and turned it into a game, a project, an activity, or something that we as students had to do, build, or demonstrate in order to complete. I can honestly say that I learned and remember more in that single year of grade school than all 12 combined. So the challenge is that most teachers offer information and information is not instruction. I'm confident that Miss Marchetti taught learning by doing, and I know that she had it right. You are about to learn a variety of really cool tactics that will invite your audience to take action. I think that the ancient wisdom of Confucius really sums it up that information is not instruction by this quote I hear. And I forget. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. You see, it's when we do, it's when we take action that we truly understand and we receive the instruction, not just information. Let's talk about when to promote audience participation. Do you remember the stat about how long the Lloyd Bank discovered that the adult attention span is? That question, by the way, is an example of a recall question. It's an audience involvement technique designed to have the audience recall and remember a piece of information that was shared earlier. Yeah, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. So, do you remember the current attention span of an adult? Hmm. If not, let's relearn and reinforce your memory. It's five minutes. So, 
If we know that adults start to lose attention and interest in the training or in the discussion at hand at about the five minute mark, it's important that we as trainers, as facilitators, do something to bring them back, to get them interested, get them involved and have them to start participating. Remember, it's when the audience is doing, not just listening. So to accomplish this, we have to use some form of audience involvement tactic or technique every six to seven minutes. That's what social scientists and researchers have found to be the ideal time to gently prod or nudge your participants along so that they connect and concentrate on the topic at hand. One little tip is to realize that in the beginning of a presentation, you don't need to have or use an audience involvement tactic because for the first 10 minutes, that's when the audience attention is at its ultimate highest. The other time that you don't need it is in your closing. And the reason for that is that you as the instructor, the speaker, the presenter really build that close to be a high point in the presentation. The nature of a close is almost like the presentation crescendo. We'll talk a little bit more about how to do that and why to do that in a later lesson. But for now, just remember that in the opening and closing are the two times in which you don't need an audience involvement technique, but you do need it every six to seven minutes throughout your presentation. So, Let's talk about how to actively engage your audience. This is the fun part. This is what you've been waiting for. We're going to share six successful strategies to promote participation. Now, there are the number of ways that you can promote participation inside of your virtual or live meetings really is limited only by your imagination. I'm going to give you six tactics uh, or categories of strategies, if you will, that you can use to inspire your audience to action. Learn and implement these techniques so that your audience will learn better, retain more, and take action to actually apply the knowledge and the skill that they gain from you to up-level to strengthen their practice, their patience, and their procedures. As we begin to unpack a menu of ideas designed to help you involve, engage, and gain audience buy-in, it's helpful to remember that adults want to get involved. They enjoy sharing their knowledge, don't you? So keep that in mind and make sure that you are incorporating those every six to seven minutes of times where you're allowing, inviting, and encouraging them to participate. You know, as a dental industry insider, our research working with thousands of clinicians over the last several decades, we've learned that dental clinicians are really motivated by learning or the acquisition of knowledge. Dentists like to learn and so do dental professionals. So you have a audience that is already willing, ready, and able to dig in in the continuing education programs that you offer. That said, in this mastery course, we're going to review six of the tried and true techniques that really are ideal for online presentations. So, 
Let's jump in and just do an overview of the six audience involvement tactics that we're going to talk about, and then we'll go through each one of them in more detail. The first one is add hot spice. Now you're going to learn to love this technique. I have audiences that I've worked with over 20 years ago who today still come back and tell me stories about what kinds of fun hot spice they're still using today and how effective this technique really is in, with dental teams. Next ask activation questions. Now these, as the name would imply, are questions that actually get your audience actively involved to participate and contribute to your presentation. You're also going to learn how to use what's called directed action statements or requests. These are really powerful because it uses your authority as a facilitator and your expertise to be able to direct the actions that you request that will help to drive learning and engage participation. The fourth technique that we'll discuss is putting someone in the driver's seat. Now this is a really fun one and we'll talk more about, about some of the examples that are most common in uh, presentations that are commonly used in dental offices. Number five is to tell a story. It's as simple as you being able to tell a story on your past customers, your current customers, or maybe even in on yourself. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And finally, number six, employ the pause. So let's jump in and start with adding a little spice to your presentations. All right, let's talk about the adding hot spice to inspire your audience to action. Do you like a little fire on your tongue? No, not tequila, spicy food. Things like sriracha and chihuly and um, Tabasco or Pete's red hot sauce. Well, just like spicy foods or condiments that add a kick to your food and to your palate, well, hot spice commands attention and it is a valuable technique designed to get your audience involved, interested, and yes, engaged. Hot spice is anything that gets your audience involved. It's hot spice if your audience can think it, feel it, or do it. Hot spice stimulates audiences both intellectually, physically, and emotionally. See, the beauty and benefit of hot spice as an audience involvement technique is that it reinforces learning when you tie the goal of the game or the hot spice activity to your message. It directly invites interaction or participation and hot spice can be fun. It should be fun. It adds levity or lightness or lift to the audience experience. And when they're having fun, they're also learning. All right, let's talk about some examples of hot spice. One of the ideas that you can very quickly do using a flip chart or perhaps a digital online um, blank sheet of, uh, you know, digital worksheet, you can brainstorm ideas, allow your audience to contribute to doing a thought download, if you will, gathering ideas, gathering contributions. It's a really simple and highly effective way of getting your audience involved. Another thing that you can do, and most of the most popular 
virtual platforms in which you'd be delivering a training program do have a feature of setting up small breakout discussion groups. They are super effective, particularly for larger groups. But if you're just working with one practice where there's just a couple of participants, well, that probably wouldn't be um, most applicable. But if you are working with a large sales meeting and there are, you know, over 10, 15, 20 or more uh, representatives on the line, well, then the small group out breakout discussions really are great. Another example is something called a word cloud. Now this is fairly new and if you haven't ever checked it out, I really want to encourage you to do this. You could actually use this hot spice of a word cloud even before you uh, begin your presentation. Word Cloud is basically a service that you can use where you set up and participants will go into the cloud and share a word or multiple words that all contribute and collaborate to a certain theme or idea. It's a super fun way of getting people involved before, during, and after a presentation. Another good idea is to reference the workbook or some type of handout material that you might provide as part of your presentation. Have the audience participate in an exercise or an activity that they write inside of the workbook. Or you can perhaps share a real world clinical scenario and engage your audience by having them come up with the best treatment solution or perhaps presenting before and afters and talking about best case uh, treatment plans. Case studies are also a great way of getting your audience involved. Puzzles, quizzes, polls, and even games, screen games or board games, online games, all are really effective ways that you can, in a very short period of time, get your audience involved. But the key idea here is be sure to tie the activity to a main point in your presentation. Games for game's sake are not usually appreciated by busy professionals. Number two is to ask activation questions. Questions are instructors must have tool for promoting participation and to test learning. As a facilitator, you can use questions for a variety of purposes. You can stimulate recall like I did earlier with the five minute adult attention span question. You can review concepts or ideas, promote comprehension and build critical thinking skills by your audience. What's really great as an instructor is that asking questions, particularly those that are prepared and planned in advance, really are the facilitator or the instructor's favorite tools for evaluating and getting your audience involved. I recommend that you plan them into your speaker's notes or into your agenda, A, so that you don't forget them, and B, so that you can really give some thought to ask higher quality questions. Let's talk about some examples of what that might look like. All right, so the first type of activation question is called a screen question. Well, just as it sounds, these direct your audience to make an observation on your computer screen or something that you're demonstrating or to take action from something displayed in your presentation. For example, an activation question might sound like, Kathy, please read the quote displayed on the screen. Another question are leading questions. Now these guide audience members to connect the dots or to synthesize information to answer the question that you're presenting. So for example, 
What attributes do you notice about the final restoration that you see compared to the current product that you're using now? Another example of a leading question would be, in what ways might this be valuable in a clinical setting? Or what value would a stronger bond strength add to a restorative material? You see how we're leading the audience to consider the question, but really bring together some elements of some information that you may have presented or discussed in the training. The next type of question is an expertise question. Now this will provide more insights to the topic and it's usually directed to audiences that have a specific knowledge or uh, have some specialty insight that maybe all the rest of the audience doesn't have. For example, you might direct an expertise question to a dentist if you're delivering to a practice. And you could ask, doctor, what is typically the biggest clinical challenge when creating a class two restoration. Or maybe turn your attention to the hygienist. Ask the hygienist, please share some of the most important characteristics of the polishing pastes that you use for prophylaxis. You see, it's calling on that expert knowledge that adds context and really adds some greater insights into a topic that can be used to either set up your presentation or drive the learning and the knowledge deeper. They're really great questions to ask. Next are relevance questions. Now these questions are great because they help the audience to really think about the value or the application or the usefulness of an idea, a product or a solution that you have presented in the training. For example, a relevance question might be, where might you adopt this into your current treatment protocol? Or, can you see where this might expand your service options? Or how might this work for you? All of those are examples of relevance questions that help your audience drive the information deeper or expand their thinking around the topic at hand. And next and last are the recall questions. Now these ask your audience to remember or recall something that was said or experienced earlier in the training. I demonstrated that just a few lessons ago. A question like, who can remember one of the pros or cons to virtual meetings? Or, what did we say that the second step in the new protocol was? You see how each one of these five types of questions can really be powerfully used by you as the facilitator to engage into more of a presentation dialogue rather than the typical monologue that many instructors tend to fall into. Next, use directed action statements. Now, this is another way to keep the attention of your audience by directing them to perform a specific action. This involves participants asking them to interact with handouts, monitors, slides, or maybe even you. Some examples of directed action statements would be chat your answer now, or take a note in your workbook, or unmute your phone, or vote in the poll now, look at my screen, read the passage in your workbook. You get the idea. They are directing action of your audience, asking them to actively participate or take on an action of some kind. And they are powerful. Put someone in the driver's seat. Now this is one that you are 
very familiar with when you have been in training programs and you've been a part of role play. It is one of the most effective trainer techniques to inspire audiences to action by inviting a participant to, well, sit in the driver's seat. Sometimes it's called the hot seat, but I like the driver's seat better. You can do this by letting your audience member, particularly in a virtual meeting, to, if you will, drive. Maybe have them share their screen and have them walk through a particular demonstrated task or an action. If you sell or support or involve software, this is, all, this is a really good technique to use after your training or in the part of your presentation where you can actively see if a participant uh, has gotten the key navigational techniques that are needed for them to be able to get the best experience after the training is over. Now, I will say that a clinical simulation, something that you are guiding an audience member through from a virtual platform can be a little bit tricky. I know many dental companies do this, but it can be tricky to not lose control. But putting all of your participants into the driver's seat is a little bit more advanced. So I would recommend that you select one or maybe two participants to drive or participate in a clinical simulation. And lastly, just before we leave this point, I want to just advise you that it's a really good idea to select who you're going to invite to the driver's seat in advance. Make sure that you sort of let them in on the idea of what you're planning on doing by calling on them and asking them to participate in the training in advance so that they don't feel uh, caught off guard. That's always really a, uh, a gesture that uh, is most appreciated by participants. Next is tell a story. An interesting story creates an interested audience. There is an old saying that backs this up that says, facts tell and stories sell. So if you are in the business of influencing others to inspire them to action, I strongly encourage you to employ and use the technique of storytelling. Stories hook an audience from the very start and they keep them interested and involved throughout your presentation. You can tell a success story or share a case study or even summarize the customer experience that showcases the very results you're promising by your presentation or the information that you're sharing. Employ the pause. Pauses, short and long, are central in speaking and communication. The greatest speakers know this and they use pauses strategically and artfully. Making friends with the pause as a facilitator is both an art and timing, but it can separate you as an okay presenter to a great one. Using a pause before revealing something important can build anticipation, and you can use them to reinforce a key point. The pause is a great tool for giving your audience a chance to really process what you've just said, or it gives them an opportunity to formulate an answer. The pause, as short and brief as it is, really offers both presenter significant benefits as well as the participants. So I encourage you to use it.
So as we begin to wrap up this lesson, I just want to summarize to say that as a facilitator, the interest and involvement and inspiration and action that your audience takes really is held in your hands as the instructor or facilitator. You can use the techniques, the audience involvement tactics that we talked about to actually wake up the minds of your audience by using hot spice and activation questions or by telling a story or to employ the pause. You also consider every six to seven minutes to wake up their bodies. Even if it is a virtual meeting, you can still use directed action statements and put participants in the driver's seat to physically get them engaged in your meeting. I can't wait to hear your results using these tried and true success strategies to get your audiences involved, interested, and inspired.